Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Bring the Heat podcast, of course. Gracious host to Tap Tony, and well, we're here to talk esports and everything else. And of course, I've got some lovely people joining me: Joe, Quick Draw, Basso, lovely Matt, Matsy Senior, and Tom. Of course, uh, Bones, if you don't know, uh, our resident ginger as well. How are we feeling this evening, boys? Well, I guess I guess for starters, you're also ginger, so uh, yes. you, you've kind of you've kind of just like completely thrown him under the bus without throwing yourself under the bus to begin with. So that's hypocritical. Um, uh, yeah, look, but you know, one, we rocked up one PM on a Sunday. Just you know, worst time ever. Uh, Tom, we hate you for this because I literally woke up about half an hour ago, and I think everyone else did as well. It was a suggestion, um, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Jokes it was a suggestion. We kind of just went with it. <laughs> just got to roll with it, you know. Just got to roll with the punches. Well, jokes on you, boys. I was I was awake, being a productive human. Um, and uh, you know, it's uh, it's a bit of a rough one for the boys, but of course we carry on. Uh, we should we should start with our topics here, boys, because we we've actually scripted some things. And uh, well, our first one here, uh, using orgs for clout. Players, etc., bouncing around brands. How do we, how do we feel about that one, boys? It's fucking. Let's, let's have a discussion. Well, um, I guess I guess the way of putting that is kind of like everyone gets a ride, you know, um, the town bicycle, as some people call it, um, as uh, in some circumstances. But uh, I, I don't know, man. Like people just bounce around for no reason. Um, I don't think any of you guys have really done that before, at all, which is the nah. sign. So, yeah, I mean, for the most part, I think it's about being committed to that, even if you're like a caster as well. But a lot of us, you know, we're pretty committed towards certain TOs. Um, mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear you got, your guys' thoughts, because obviously, like, myself and Tom are in a position where we see shit like that happen all the time. Um, but I want to kind of hear what you two, both Matt and Tony, I guess, in regards to what you guys think. Hmm. Tony, well, um, I don't know if your thoughts are similar to mine on this, but do you feel like maybe the fact that players are riding the town bicycle, as Joe put it, is because maybe they're expecting more out of orgs than what the org can deliver? Like, they're not coming into it with realistic expectations? Yeah, I think it also, as you said, yeah, expectations are a thing. Um, Players just... I guess really want uh, the best for themselves and not what's best for an overall team. Um, so you see players uh, all cop etc. Uh, looking for the next best thing, and you know they end up in some fucking crazy positions where they probably shouldn't be. And um, I guess for you know uh, the the org as a, a whole, having players come in and out, it's just not a great look and. For that player specifically, it's not also not a great look either. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm definitely in agreement with that. I mean, we could probably name on one hand a lot of people who have kind of bounced around a fair bit. One definitely comes to my mind. Obviously, I've been keeping track, but um, there's definitely a lot of, I guess, managers who bounce around. There's a lot of youngsters who kind of fly around between teams, which I guess kind of does directly link into the Fortnite side of things, which we'll touch on. Uh, a little bit later in the podcast, but um, I don't know. I think it's more so like a case of chasing the bag in some scenarios mm. as well. Because um, I think for the most part as well, I think there was recently, I don't know if any of you guys remember SBG at all, how they were picking up like a shitload of Fortnite players just on high salaries and just using that as like a bit of a clout farm. And then that kind of just went straight down afterwards. Mm. But mm. I think 
I think it's more so orgs trying to get players for clout and then they just don't do anything. So it's kind of like they just throw money at a wall and just, you know, let the boat sink a little bit. Um, mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think that's probably the appropriate way. I think it's a bit of a weird thing. Yeah, um, I want to touch on that sort of like orgs signing players and players leaving orgs for other orgs. Um, I won't name the individual. When I was with Bazaar, we obviously Bazaar started up and they gained thousand Twitter followers relatively quickly, quicker than some other organizations. They expanded into Fortnite and a few Fortnite creators are part of Bazaar. Or you know, yep, we're going to be as interactive in the Discord and the community. And then once they couldn't get something from Bazaar, they left. They left instantly, or once they felt like, oh, I'm doing better numbers than all of these other creators, I'm going to do absolutely anything and everything to get to a bigger org. Well, now they're part of a team. So it's not really an organization anymore. It's more like a content-based team, and you're not really gaining anything from being in that team. Even though the said individuals have been on multiple different platforms now, other than Snapchat, they've been featured on YouTube, all that sort of stuff but they're not they haven't really grown in size they've really just stay, stayed out and not used uh, the org assets that they could have had or they could have used to get brands signings all this sort of stuff to actually develop themselves but they left chasing as joe said chasing the bag and they haven't gotten anywhere yeah i think um i think that's a really good way i guess to merge into um i guess are people being in like realistic with what they're offering people as well? Because I know, um, at least from an org perspective, there's only so much you can offer to certain individuals. And I think Matt's probably experienced that as well when he was with Blessed, I guess, as his first little endeavor into the org space as well. But I, I kind of think that's a good way to transition into the whole Frag Empire debate. Now, um, I know Tom's just put his head on his face. <laughs> we all know where this is going. <laughs> there is no so, way just for just for a bit of context so essentially this org's popped up now i wouldn't call them an org again fortnite clan they say they're a professional esport organization uh but again if you're teams. picking up if you're picking up like 20 plus players and labeling yourself as a professional org please fuck off um the only one that i could probably argue is power obviously where we are because those guys are doing great guns but um frag empire as a whole um i've been discussing this with miles a little bit or venom uh from fury as some of you guys may know but i think for the most part one of our players actually went there as well chasing said bag which you know if he gets the money good on him we're cool with that um but i think if you look at the caliber of players they've got so if i had to just go through the list of people they've got here First one that stands out to me is Repulse, who literally used to play for power and had like, man was insane at one point. Um, mm. And I remember I was talking with him and we're just talking and it's like, I want 2000 USD a month. I want to go to America, blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, holy shit, right? This is not worth it. So I'm kind of on the fence about that as well. Because if you think about it, how the fuck are they offering one person 2k a month and then they have like another 18 players they have and some of these numbers are being thrown around between like 500 to like a grand a month per player it's like how, how the fuck do you just have 40 grand just sitting there as a startup org like i i think it's a load of shit personally but um i think from the outside perspective as well he says he owns like a 
company or something like that. Not to call him out or anything like that, but we've done a little research and we can't see shit. Like, there's nothing there. Yeah, it seems pretty sus. I'm I'm not gonna lie. I like I don't know too much about the Fortnite scene, but when you when you mentioned this to me, I was just like, yeah, this this can't end well. Like, all, I'm all for the players chasing the bag, but if that bag's not actually there, then like you're kind of just throwing your career yeah. away. You kind you you've literally just done it. And I think I think Gum from Kanga put it well. Like, I was talking to him about it yesterday, and he's basically said. Um, he's spending a minimum of let's say three to four k a month. I personally think it's more than that, just going off repulse alone. Um, on average, that's forty to sixty grand a year you're spending on players. That's a fucking property deposit. That's yeah, that's just not it. Like, why? Like he put the swell. Why not just invest in a property? Because like, if you're trying to boost your social interaction, cool. So be it. Nice, but sixty grand a year to do that, like. That, that's just ridiculous and even then like especially when you're doing it in os as well like your numbers just don't have so limited no, no it doesn't they don't have the infrastructure um, for that either like like again i think like it's another player salary thing as well like i've argued on about this for ages where like teams just come in and like just boost everyone's salaries and then every other player's like oh we beat this team before oh we're close to them let's buff out you know what we want up as well and then no one realistically is getting what they need um i just think it's a load of shit personally because like again they're cut like they're poaching players from other orgs like obviously with us with remy going over there like i i'm not butt hurt per se and neither is venom but like i think it's a case of just trying to i guess get a little bit of extra cash which i can't understand obviously is you know you're a kid you're trying to do what's best for you but in some situations i feel it's just it's too good to be true. I, I think that's probably the way to put it. Even like when we're like as a you know casting for a TO as well, Matt and Tony. Like mm-hmm. you, you have TOs approach you, you say we're going to give you X amount, and then they don't fucking pay. Yeah. At all. Which it's such it's such a similar scenario as well. Like you need to see something in return. Like you need a reputation to be able to do shit like that. And I I just think it's insane, honestly, that we see things like that regularly. Yeah, yeah inf- fluctuated salaries are uh, definitely a thing. And, you know, uh, to go back, of course, and, you know, rewind it into our next point. If you're a team asking for a heavy bag for your whole roster, and you're not bringing anything to the table other than playing, I feel it's not really worth it. you got to bring something else to the table other than just playing. Because sometimes these teams don't perform well. Like, we've seen, you know, some of these really high rosters not do well in recent times. And of course, speaking uh, from mind at Valorant, and of course, Counter-Strike as well, um, that, you know, if you're, you know, signing to an org, signing under a salary as well, and you're getting a heavy bag to play, you're expected to do just more than play, though. Exactly, Tony. You hit the nail on the head. If you're not bringing, like, content, or even wanting to bring content to the organization, then your value goes down as a whole. Even if you have one player out of five or one out of four, you got it's nothing. It's a quarter or a fifth of the percentage that you're marketing yourself out. You need to realize that you need to bring something to the table. You need to be consistent with it. And you also need to be interacting with, obviously, the content department if that's where you want to end up as we look at, like, Iron or, say, uh, Crunchy from Sonics. Mm. They bring it to the table every day. Iron streams every day. When he's not playing, he's streaming. 
he's always playing he's always streaming if you're playing every day and you're not streaming your game or you're in understandable scrims you can hide mm. your tactics you can don't have to like scream those but if you're just playing the game in ranked or just casual with mates stream it produce content have fun that's what content's all about and your org will love you for it mm. i think but, i think that's a really good way um oh sorry tony for you go first no, i was gonna say I was, I was i was gonna point to matt matt how do you like because we look at obviously you know the cs players in the valor and some of them do stream like in two props to them um it's a also a little bit of a juggle for some of them because obviously you know you got work they scrim afterwards uh and then you know it's it's kind of hard i guess as well given the infrastructure to do that content but of course you know it's an extra hour here or there couldn't go alright. You can make like a short little TikTok about maybe some cheeky little plays you've done. Maybe like a, a scrim highlight. You could blur out the names, blur out the strats and shit like that. Uh, I, I believe come to mind Shadownet do that quite well. Especially uh, I believe Calamari. He does uh, some banging clips. Matt, I want to get your thoughts on this. Yeah, so I feel like a lot of players, maybe more towards the younger audience, really just are taking this more or less as just something to do after school where they just think they can play and then try and work towards their dream. But they don't realize the grand scale of things where you actually do have to put in a little bit more than just playing. You know, maybe you push out a stream here or there and you touched on Shadownet earlier. I think that they're doing a really good job of that where every single one of their players is streaming at least once a week, always pushing out content. And I feel like it's really important to give yourself that added value as a player because then you just become more marketable and then yourself, your own brand can grow alongside the org's um, own branding. And that's what it's all about, just building that working relationship so then you can both just go to the starters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you're not wrong in the slightest. And I mean, I guess that's a really good way to transition into like conducting yourself um i guess as a pro player and also as a creator as well because um i think we all have seen little bits and pieces of beef on twitter recently um obviously between ferg and barky recently where there was a bit of a tantrum not not a tantrum per se but a little bit of a dig i guess that individuals who are kind of just talking shit when they're playing just casually in games and you know they're not um I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, like, you know, like, the top dog or the highest caliber player. Like, they're still trying to get there. But you need to have, I, I guess, a little bit of self-respect. Because, obviously, if you're a player playing for a brand or you're trying to, I guess, grow your branding, per se, as well, um, the last thing you really want to do is, you know, chat shit to literally anybody. Um, especially when it's, like, your direct competitor. Because especially somebody who has that presence in the scene and is well-known, like, you could easily just end your career, like, straight away. Like, it's insane. Yeah. I think you can blacklist yourself from scrims as well, because like some some players like they do that and they just like get a reputation. Um, especially of course speaking the Valorant scene and as you said, uh, Bucky and uh, Ferg, their recent debacle. Um, yeah, it, like it leaves a sour taste in people's mouth, and that you know potentially blacklists you from scrims, potentially cuts you off from probably that higher level practice that some of these teams probably need in this region oh i'm just putting it out there i, I love the beef bring you back the, the rivalries <laughs> bring back some like competitive rivalry into the game Cobb like, hobbies 2012 like, <laughs> where where's the storylines lately mm. um, like the only storyline i'm seeing is sonics can't beat renegades in valorant that, that's that's the only storyline i've seen and yet mm. in yeah, our region I mean... what is that uh, order i think order everyone can't beat order no yeah, i think, can't beat I think... Order? Like, 
I think really, I, I said this, I said this once, like I'm not, I'm not like against saying this again. I feel it's a case of order. Like they're not the greatest they can be. Um, I said this a, for a while. Um, I feel they're a team that's definitely improving, but they're not like the, you know, the level of what Sonics was originally when they were here before they went to NA. Um, and I just feel everyone else just can't catch up with them. Like I said this before, I think probably wildcard now that they've had that shuffle again, I feel that's probably the only team that can maybe contest them at the moment. Mind Freak adding in Ferg, I feel it was a little bit like, I don't know. He's been playing well, but I still think there needs to be a little bit more to come from them. And I just feel the rest of the scene as a whole kind of needs to shuffle around a little to try and catch up with those three core rosters. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, we, we don't know what happens behind the scenes. We can put pen to paper and say these players will work good together obviously and then you just look at them and they hate each other um mm. but yeah i feel i guess the valorant scene as a whole at the moment i guess there's no real rivalries obviously order at the top they're not you know as good as what sonics was but there's no one else can catch up with them and be those rivals wildcard's getting there mm. um and i guess like on the cs side of things order's actually starting to contest renegades a little bit more which is awesome to see um and I guess really in other scenes as well. Like there's plenty of other teams. I guess notably Fury PUBG shitting on everyone. Ground Zero Rocket League shitting on everyone. Mm. Uh, League of Legends is quite close now, uh, from what I've seen. Uh, Gravitas put together a ragtag team of players and they're top four at the moment and had a couple of upsets. So the league's quite close. And I, I think it's kind of interesting, honestly, because some of the scenes at the moment, like before when I was doing the Mind Clickers podcast as well, that Matt did as well. And I was talking in there, it's like there's always one dominant team in every single game. In this current day, in a couple of those games, now there's actually teams contesting each other, but there's still a few that are like, you know, there's one team that stands out from the rest. Yeah, in Call of Duty, that would be, keeps in mind, Freak would be the top two in there. And the days, uh, you throw Renegades in there now, and those three teams are now the core rosters, the core sort of holding it up. I'm not too sure if Renegades is still a part of Call of Duty, but I know that Mind Freak and Chiefs are still there. But um, Chiefs had their roster released. I know that. Um, Renegades are still with that core team as well as what they normally are. Yeah, well, those to say, let's put Mind Freak and Renegades at the top. That's there in that scene. And, you know, you see in the amateurs down lower that there are. Got a wild puppy in my room now. Um... <laughs> gone astray yeah it's, gone astray. Yes. it's yeah, not matt today yes. it's actually the dog yeah <laughs> <laughs> she's made an appearance she was asleep now she's awake um but yeah call of duty and mind freak renegades doing their thing um it would be good to see some of these amateur teams in every game try and you know if you can't scrim against the top teams go for the dv2 team sort of thing the teams that are just pushing them try to expand yourself or try to create those rivalries where you know you're borderline beating them sometimes, you're losing to them sometimes. And yeah, just bring it to the table each and every day that you play. Do him out, show him out. <laughs> get him out, get him out. Um I guess that goes over to our next point and I, I guess for some of these, as we said, like tier two teams, um how would you go about uh of course coming from the amateur circuit to now being, you know, up there with some of the teams, like, you know, they've been playing against some of these top teams. How do you reach that next level where you, like, reach out to an organ and go, hey, we'd love to represent your organization, but um, 
we, you know, some of them falter in that next step in reaching out to orgs. I know, Joe, especially, you've received probably a very sketchy amount of DMs to Fury um, saying, hey, we'd love to play for you, but they don't go about it the right way. Straight, straight away, two key things. Come at me with a resume. If you don't, get the fuck out of my DMs. Um, secondly, if you're a team that approaches an org and asking for salary and you ask what we can give to you, fuck off because you're the ones that put the market value on yourself. If you don't think, if you think you value that amount and we hit back saying you're not, don't get shitty because you're only thinking about your game. You're not thinking about the content, the brand representation, the content you can produce for the org, all those little key things. I don't mean to sound like a dick, but just please think about it. <laughs> like it makes my life easy makes everyone's life easy um and i guess that's what i've been coaching as well because even like with the you know the oceanic esports association that i run as well like a lot of the orgs have finally kind of just hit that caliber where they're like okay we're not going to accept the team unless they hit us with a resume and that's kind of the professionalism you need to see especially in os where you know we don't have opportunities there's teams that want to put themselves out there but they're just not professional enough to get themselves like a resume done up as well um but yeah, I think I think that's probably a key thing because even recently, I we had a Fortnite manager hit our DMs and we're, he's like something along the lines of, "I want to manage your Fortnite department. I see they've done very well, blah blah blah." And we hit back at him and we're like, "We don't fucking have a Fortnite team. Like, it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like, we we dropped the whole team a month ago. Like, mm. why are you why are you asking this?" Like, people just don't do that little bit of extra research on those little bits and pieces, which, you know, it can be pivotal. It may, it, not to say it looks like you're an idiot, per se, but you need to just it shows interest. extra research. It shows interest, yeah. Like, yeah. again, if you're a fan of a team as well, like, you know the players, you know the org, you know what teams they have, like, small things like that. that that's kind of just, like, where you show that little bit of extra care. Because, again, if you kind of just hit up, especially if you're a creator as well. And I guess um, as Hobbs probably dealt with in the past as well, where we're approaching individuals or they're approaching us, it's a bit, you know, iffy if they don't have a set stream schedule or bits and pieces like that, because you kind of want people who are committed, right? And if you hit my DMs or someone else is saying, I want to do this for you, this team's here, or I want to do this and bring this team with me, it's like you kind of need to level a little bit with what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, let's talk about that content quick when like they approach you. Um, yeah, if you're gonna come to a content manager that's with an org, don't come here and be like, oh, "Hi, I'm a streamer. This is what I stream." No, I want all your links. I want your TikTok. I want your YouTube. I want your Twitch. I'm already looking at your Twitter. You DM me on Twitter. You DM me on Discord. Analytics. Send me your Twitter. I Analytics. need to see your numbers because at the end of the day, content and what orgs look at is numbers. Mm. There's nothing else outside of it. You could be the best streamer in the world and have four viewers. No one's going to sign you if you just come and here's my Twitch. Because we can look up your Twitch. We can see your stats. All right? Don't lie about your stats either. Because we can just research you in a hole. At the end of the day, everything is online and everything is tracked. Especially with Twitch, YouTube, there's Social Blade, there's Sully Gnome, there's Twitch Stats Tracker. You, know, you can even search up Twitters and YouTubes, all on that, see how your growth is going. Just Come with everything that you need. Like when you go to a when you go to a job interview, you have all your qualifications with you. Bring your qualifications for your content. That's all we ask. Yeah, I, I I definitely I definitely agree. And I guess um 
to touch on, uh, we don't actually have this written down, but I guess, uh, if you are one of those people reaching out to an organization, maybe even if you're not, like, if they, you know, don't think you're at that level where they could potentially sign you as a creator or a player, uh, maybe reach out for some advice for, like, you know, some of those higher players or content creators that are up there, and, well, some of them are pretty busy, but I know a, a fair few creators, a fair few players that, you know, you just reach out, they're more than happy to give you advice. I believe Bones, of course, we're speaking from a, a player perspective. I believe Sonic, Sonic Bob, you reached out to him about Sova, and he, he taught you some things, he, he, he let you know how to, how to play it a little bit. And Bob sent me some links and some lineups that for Sova early on before they went over to NA. And I actually mm. appreciated that. That was something that I didn't expect. But yeah, it did. It's the same old theory, like Gary V has spoken about it. If you DM 500 people that are in, like doing the same thing you're doing or trying to learn the same thing you're doing, and you get one response, that's one response. That's good. All those other 499 people, then go get screwed. Because that mm. one person's taking the time out to help you try and help you achieve something that you can't. And so, same thing with, like, let's say Sonic Bob, I think it's she as well, isn't it, Tony? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She. Uh, she, lovely person, gave me some guides and lineups, um, sent me some YouTube, like, clips as well, but, like, here you go, this is what you need to look at, especially in, like, the lower ranks where, you know, you don't see people do these lineups. And I still don't see some of the lineups that I do in-game be used by the opposition. And I see lines that I don't use, and I go, what the hell is that? And, you know, you just got to do your research and even just reach out to people. They will help you. Everyone helps each other along the line. Yeah. Um, and I guess uh, to tie in uh, to our point uh, about lineups, and especially Matt, I know we love to send uh, cheeky little TikToks back and forth, but sometimes, you know, they're Valorant and CS related. There's a ton of, like, TikToks out there that are, like, content-wise, really, really sound in, like, helping some of these lower-ranked players get up there. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of content that's actually been coming out on TikTok, and it really is showing its value as a platform. Like, you know, at first, some people might have thought it was a bit of a joke, only for kids type of thing, but everyone can get pretty good use out of it, really. Like, I've seen a few creators who have started out on TikTok and have really just blown up as a result of it because the outreach that you can get through TikTok is immense. You know, you might pop up on anybody's For You page and then you could be just really setting goals from there. But yeah, there's a lot of important content, as you were saying, Tony, like the lineups, for example. You might even see some crazy plays, which maybe you could see on YouTube, but then they have TikTok as another platform. It's just really realizing the importance of the outreach that you're trying to achieve and that can just increase your own brand value yeah i mean i guess um not just on the, i guess like the esports side of things as well like you can there's plenty of different content available on there from you know esports stuff to you know if you're having a shit day and you just want to laugh there's plenty of people on there who just produce some content that you know can make you have a giggle here and there mm. um but I guess the key thing for people who want to try to do it, but they're afraid of getting judged, I think TikTok's probably one of the only platforms where I think it's the most harshest. Um, putting yourself out there, whether it's dancing, humor, clips, whatever, obviously you're going to get judged no matter what way, depending on the person that you know interacts with your content. But um, personally, myself, I wouldn't do it because I'm... Like, I just couldn't see myself doing that personally. I think there's plenty of people who want to do it, but they're just too afraid to. Personally, 
I'm one of those individuals. I want to try and do something like that, but I just can't because I just don't know what I'm meant to do. Um, but but I feel like it's definitely a platform that can make you grow. We've seen it time and time again from certain individuals. Like, you know, despite the fact that, you know, the top dogs on the platform don't really have any talent at all. Sorry to Ooh. say that. Um, I'm just I'm just going to put it out there. Some, some can sing you know do those little bits and pieces as we've seen recently as well but i i kind of just feel people kind of need to put themselves out there a little bit more because obviously youtube is another one where you get comments and stuff where people can either give you criticism or if it's you know just straight up just bming you like every everywhere you're going to get something there's always going to be one person out there that's having a shit day that's trying to make your day worse yeah fuck those people yeah not wrong <laughs> Look, I've been waiting to swear and no one else has swore, so um, you know everyone's been on the like half the fucking time anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> um but yeah, I feel like even then, like you kind of just got to put yourself out there a little bit more. Like judgment's great. You know, the ban button exists, the mute button exists, the report button exists. That's why they're there. Just do it. You know, put yourself out there, try to do something. You may get something from it as well. Like I've got a mate who um literally just spreads kindness on the platform. Man's verified, he's mm. got two point five million followers local in adelaide as well like he's just a genuine good bloke who's just out there doing stuff for people and that's his content man gets like a million views a video and all he's doing is buying like a elvis presley recording giving it to a 70 year old like it's small things like that it's not even like funny or anything like that it's just good content because you're seeing good things happen to people wholesome exactly uh, everyone loves that's, that's what wholesome. you want yeah that's exactly mm. what you want to be seeing yeah but on like the idea about the block the mute the like report button the view is a view like an interaction is interaction across YouTube and TikTok. Interactions boost your reach, and um, I'm not too sure about like Twitch and all that. But it's obviously Twitch. It's like yeah, it's a viewer for a split second sort of thing, and then you go back down. It doesn't really matter too much, but at the end of the day, it still boosts stats. And you know, you're like, oh, thanks for your time. I appreciate it. You know, you're actually helping them by going out of your way to like abuse someone or something. But pointless from the other like end of the spectrum to be doing that. Yeah, and I I guess to tie that back in, um, speaking of, uh, I guess, picking up a view here or there, large-scale pickups in our region recently, of course, as well, uh, internationally. Can I can't think of anything off the top of my head that comes I, to mind, but I know you can, Joe. So straight off the bat, locally, Luke 12 and Stuart to Kill going to TSM. That's fucking mental. That's up there yeah. as like that's top in my opinion that was sick like yeah. that was leaked a while ago as, wasn't it it was it was kind of leaked but not really but like as soon as i saw it i basically shit myself like that's colossal especially like if it just was some you know some PUBG player from australia just getting picked up to quite literally now the biggest brand in esports uh obviously after that crypto uh don't talk about phase um, about phase obviously i don't like talking about phase anyway i think they're overrated yeah um, um we're gonna do international pickup come on bro. hit me with it hit me with it come on what about phase kaylee he's kaylee how the hell has this happened one of the most you know i want to say out there sort of people she has no filter if you, you want to put brain risks at the top, you compare. She's literally like probably top of that list. I I think it's kind of cool, personally. I um, think it's gangster by phase. I think they're gonna yeah. show they don't give a fuck. Like say yeah. what you want to say, 
you're here for content, and that's fucking content. Mm. And, you know, it's good to see them branching out of this kid-friendly Fortnite phase that they had for so long. All those pick-ups for those Fortnite right. young kids. Yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, they've still got that going, obviously, but I, I think it's kind of cool. I think, like, on the larger scale of things, I think the TSM pick-up and probably Kaylee as well, I think that's two of the, you know, biggest sides. Um, now, I'm not 100% sure as to, I guess, what else is happening. Now, you guys talk. I've just got a phone call real quick. Just give me a moment. Sorry. Oh, he's got he's got special messages here. It's a sponsor. Nah, I got work calling me because it's smart like that. Yeah, a little bit of a business. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess domestically there hasn't been too much happening. As we, as we said, the PUBG stuff. Um, but internationally, I feel there's been a, a few big things. Matt, do you think? Uh, I guess CS wise that. You know, some of these teams, has there been anything recently happening there? I don't feel there's been too much recently. Like, you think about the, um, I believe it was one of the uh, Astralis players going to Ninjas in Pajamas. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. Is Device. Really... Yep. Device, yeah. Joe yeah. would know that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the big pickups that I see recently. But other than that, like, you really haven't seen too much else really shaping up in CS. You know, there's a few, like, releases here or there internationally, but nothing really other than that like everyone's just kind of going with the flow at the moment from what i can see and the um rosters that are currently uh, participating have been yeah really um doing quite well like we saw renegades actually playing in the latest iem i believe and they definitely put on an impressive performance even going up against the likes of navi i know that renegades had the whole region now uh, behind them there but Unfortunately, they weren't able to overcome the Terminator in Simple. Just a little bit too sharp yeah. for that one. I don't know if you were watching the games, but uh, oh boy, I wouldn't want to be meeting face-to-face -face with that man. Yeah, Simple's uh, a deadly gun, I guess. And yeah, it's, it's always good to see uh, our region, I guess, getting around uh, You know, some of our local talent as well as international now talent. Uh, speaking, of course, of running into the IEM. Uh, I want to bring back, of course, your point about uh, Device joining this uh, NIP roster, I guess. A little bit more added firepower overall, because Device, 25 years of age, he's been playing for a long time. He's been, you know, revered as probably one of the best in the, the scene in recent years. And he's he's got a lot to prove, Matt. And of course, uh, you know, he made that Astralis era what it was with, of course, the, uh, the rest of his teammates as well, giving credit to all of them as well. Um... Device is a player, and an organization like Nip, they, I'd have to say that would probably be one of the biggest signings this year. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. Like, there's really nothing else that can really top that at this point. Like, that made a huge statement because no one saw it coming. Everyone was just like, huh? And <laughs> I'm sure that some people are still feeling the, the effects of that one as well, really, but... Do you feel like there might be some other waves really like happening between rosters? Maybe not just across CS. Do you feel like, as you were touching on with Valorant, that maybe there could be a shuffle in the works? Yeah, I and I guess Joe as well would uh, was speaking about it earlier with the uh, the Valorant scene. I guess here in Oceana, um, definitely maybe some much needed roster shuffles for I guess some of these teams to crack it at that level. We saw it from Wildcard, of course. Uh, you know, the, I guess, revered second place for a while. They still had a little bit of issues dealing with order, but I guess now with this pickup, 
uh, that they've gotten recently um, on this wildcard roster. They can definitely start to do some damage, and maybe that's needed of some of these lower tier teams. But of course, uh, you know, we spoke about it uh, just before. Uh, a bit of discrepancy between some of the players. Some players don't want to play together. Um, just push that aside. Like, work through the issues. And I guess you could find yourself as one of those top teams in the region if you're just willing to make that change. Absolutely. I think that's the case in any business, though. Like, mm. if I'm going to put pen to paper, some of my business partners, I fucking hate talking to them sometimes, but... Um, like you just got to make it work. Like even in your actual job as well, you may hate some people that you work with, but you're stuck with them. So, you know, make a compromise. Try make it work. Um, yeah, I guess I know I missed a little. What what were we specifically touching on, Tony? Like what, uh, what would be basically device? We, we yeah, we spoke about device going to nip, and I guess uh, that's probably one of the biggest international the signings. Grail. The holy, holy grail. grail. Of Counter Strike at the moment. Uh, will a big we see... fan of Tom Cruise? <laughs> mm. he's, he's he's a good looking man. Um, I guess uh, I to question Joe. Uh, now that you're back, um, would that would there be any potential other roster shuffles that will maybe coloss that or go on par with that? Because device to nip was a major move. I know it wasn't reason, but tens obviously previously that was also quite good. Obviously mm. the Sentinels, but that's self-explanatory from what we've seen. Um, I I don't know. I feel like Kenny S and MBK are kind of floating around a bit. I think they might be going to a Valorant team, but like nothing's really been confirmed. And I think Kenny S to Valorant would kind of spike a roster to be a lot better in EU. Um, straight away, I feel this new G two's kind of had a rebuild in EU at the moment in Valorant, so. Yeah, they're doing alright. I feel maybe Kenny S is someone like um, Her Heretics, I think it is. Heretics, yeah. Half, half their team got poached by G2, so I feel that would probably be a nice little rebuild process for them. Mm. Um, yeah, no, this G2 Ross is a little bit interesting. I've just pulled it up because I, I couldn't quite think of it offhand. Mixwell, uh, Calder, Nuke. I believe Nuke is also an old CS player from memory. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Kalox, Avova. I haven't quite heard of these two guys, but um, hopefully. Okay. So Avova. Now I was watching their little finals campaign against um, Ascent, who just absolutely shit on them. Mm. Uh, sorry. Ascent. Destroyed <laughs> them. Ascent. Yeah. yeah. So they went three. They three one won it. Um, Avova had an absolutely shit first map. Like he was like zero and seventeen at one point, which is just mm. not what you want to see. Second and third map, though, man absolutely popped the fuck off, and he just yeah. dumps at everyone. Um, I think it was on Haven, if you pulled up the stats, Tony. I think yeah, it was something yeah. like that. Like, he just went hard that whole game. 21 and 14 stop. on Omen. That's Yeah. Man, man popped. It was, Headshot it was of awesome 35. Headshot yeah. rate of 35. Mike, oh Jesus. My it's kind of like he just saved it just for, like, the next game. He's just like, I uh, sense shit. I, got, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with the scent. It's too basic. It's like the dust hill Valorant at this point. But um, I don't know, man. I feel, I feel that's probably the only thing I'd probably mention because nothing else is really standing out to me. If we're gonna be real, I guess internationally. I mean, just looking at the events that's happened at the moment, like Australia's losing to G two last night. That was a close game. I set up to watch the second map for that. Third map was close. Sixteen fourteen loss. 
Um, Navi just dumps at phase, typical Navi fashion. I'm surprised phase went that far. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's kind of a good way to, I guess, end it. Because there's not, there's not really much happening because it's still within the main season. You know, there's not really much off time at the moment for teams to shuffle around a little bit. Um, I guess to tie that in as well, uh, Matt speaking uh, strictly Valorant, as Joe said, you know, the season's still kind of going for Counter-Strike, I guess. But for Valorant, it's kind of dying down now, especially here uh, nationally. Uh, we've got, you know, the VOT uh, drawing to a close now. Some of these teams, you know, trying to get that spot in their regional finals and trying to get into, of course, the last chance qualifiers to potentially go over to NA. And uh, I guess that draws on, I, I don't think a point we've reached on, but uh, play styles, especially here in Oceana. Uh, we saw, of course, over in the campus clutch, the New Zealand boys, unfortunately, I believe it was uh, two to three in the bracket or something like that. They played well. I have to give them credit, but there's some of those teams that are overseas, like in the Europe region, of course, Spain as well, just looking on a different level compared to the Oceanic teams. Always been like that, though. I'm finally honest. Uh, but you look at the play I mean, styles. EU and NA have always I, been I, can't, I want to hear. I'll, I'll let my thoughts know in a minute. I'll just let Matt speak for the time hmm. being. I feel like the fact that EU and NA are better just comes down to the opportunities that they have available in their region where you have Flex through the campus clutch now, but in terms of, I know NA anyway, there was some like esports scholarships available for players, I'm pretty sure, where they could, um, you know, have that dedicated time in order to obviously practice and work towards their uh dreams and then potentially end up on a league academy team i'm pretty sure yeah so i guess touching on that um both bapip and tally those two were the ones that went to na after their little campaign with legacy so they went to i think it was immortals academy and i think it was golden guardians off the top of my head i think but um they're now back in os matt so they went over there, and then they got repoached by Peace in OCE. So, um, I don't know, man. Like, even I guess internationally, obviously, we've struggled in the past trying to win events and little bits and pieces like that. Obviously, what it could just comes down to is the infrastructure. If we're going to be honest, because in a lot of scenes, you know, analysts, therapists, nutritionists, Bones look shocks. Bones, did you not know this? Nah, therapists, I'm like, what, what are these kids got problems with, man? Yeah, the only, like, dude, there's literally Pocket Psych in OCE. He does, like, Sonic Bell, Sonic PUBG, CS as well, for Vertex, I think, and another team as well. Like, April, she does, there are she does bits. Are, yeah, she does, like, everything. But, like, even then, she's... Therapists are big, man. Like, I was ah. talking to Lockie. Like, literally, Renegade's Rocket League coaches Lockie, who owns MindClickers, right? So that other podcast for the esports stuff. Like, he's, like, an actual, like, sports psychiatrist. So he's doing bits as well. Like, I can't, like, I can't believe you've not known this. Like, nah, that's insane. I, I, I always thought, you know, like, that it was more based around, like, fucking part of the game sort of stuff. But now that like, you're speaking about it, it's more based on the game and how they're mentally capable. Like coping with the lifestyle. Yeah, yeah I'm not thinking it's that. Yeah, I thought like, I was like, it's a... oh my god, I'm gonna cry tonight because this kid said I was shit. Like, what the no. Fuck? <laughs> like... no, 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 no. This is this is like a case of if you're choking something because I remember Ground Zero before they had like that 
big stint where they just absolutely shit on everyone for a whole year. They've got like 258 grand in prize winnings this year from their therapist alone helping them. Like, they've dominated every event just from one bloke actually helping them out as well. Like, it's big stuff, man. Like, I think it was in PUBG where I was talking to the PUBG guys about this because, like, all the Thai teams and stuff, they're literally owned by, like, soccer clubs. So they've got, like, dedicated nutritionists, therapists, everything you'd need to be able to do that. Now, comes down to infrastructure again. I think it's kind of cool. That happens. You don't necessarily need it if you don't think you do. But I think a lot of players don't really think about that type of stuff. I think a lot of people can improve from just having someone there to give them advice. Shit. Fucking hell. I didn't know that. The more you know. Fucking... Food for thought, food for thought. And I guess, uh, you know, as, you know, to tie it back into our uh, conversation uh, about VOT, Matt, and uh, Lance recently, you know, we, as we said, the uh, ES, uh, IEM, sorry, IEM Cologne, and of course, uh, Campus Clutch. Uh, how possible, I guess, uh, I guess, how successful have these uh, recent attempts at LAN been? I feel like internationally, the recent attempts at LAN have been good. I feel like especially with IEM, it was met with a great reception. You saw a lot of posts on Twitter like saying that, that it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, it's like they've um, come back from a nightmare and it's back to reality now where they're finally able to play real CS again. Like mm. the energy on LAN is just absolutely unmatched. I guess uh, as well, safety-wise, they've, uh, I believe, as well, the campus clutch, I have to give props to Red Bull. Uh, safety-wise, having one of the teams, of course, uh, you know, still be in lockdown quarantine, but still able to play the event, of course, playing from their hotel. And, you know, I can't remember which team it was, but uh, props to them. I believe they played pretty well. I think it was the Pakistan, Pakistan team, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I, I think... Now, I'm going to touch on Cologne a little because it was an absolute colossal fuck-up with that. Because um, one of the players on Heroic got COVID again. So, Ooh. basically, they had to play in quarantine during the group stages. Um, and also, the Spirit team were on a flight with a bunch of COVID cases. They had to quarantine as well. So, not necessarily a fuck-up on ESL's part, but I think it's just a fuck-up on the airline's perspective for at least the spirit side of things like ESL do well to compensate for that and get them all still playing while they're in quarantine props to them but it, it kind of shows like one you know an organizer can be really good but there's always other factors that are in there that kind of just makes everything just you know fall to pieces um but i guess you know the biggest successful ones has been league overseas when they had their event in china mm. um pubg when they had their continental series in korea they did really well with that um, campus clutches you're touching on Iceland, like there's some lanes happening everywhere. But um, I think obviously domestically shits hit the fan. Obviously New South Wales has basically just gone, fuck it, we're not going to do anything. We're just going to let the shit fly over. We don't, we don't, we don't want to lock shit down. We don't want to do anything. Uh. Victoria's just sitting there, just going, you guys are giving us some cases. We're going to lock this shit down straight away. I'm like, you idiots. Um, and then. Tom and myself, we're fucking vibing. We're loving yeah, life. We're, we're in the worst state in the country, but we're still having a good time. Yeah, it's a I great can, feeling. I can walk outside with no mask. I can go shake someone's hand. It's chilling. Yeah. I can shake someone's hand. I can go to a club if I wanted to. Not like I'm socially capable enough of doing that, but you know what? The idea is there. I can do what I want at this point. Um, but yeah, I guess, I guess that's 
<laughs> the pub's the main thing. All right, I haven't <laughs> been to one at all. I guess a bev sometimes, boys, but I think that's a good way to lead it to PAX because now that there's more cases coming to Victoria and New South Wales is a little bit on the fucked side of things, we've yeah, got three South months, three months until PAX is meant to start. Now, at the moment, I think it's meant to be going ahead from what I can see. Nothing's really been announced, mm. nothing at all. I personally think Victoria should be able to lock all the cases down before PAX, personally. But I think a lot of people in New South Wales is going to be a case of they're just not going to be able to go if it does go on, unless somehow all these cases disappear in three months, which I think is highly unlikely with how everything's going. Um, but yeah, I need something, you know? Like, mm. it's it's been like two years since I am. we've had an event. IEM 2019, I think, mm. was the last event. No, MEO, I think it was, actually. Yeah, it might um, have been MEO. It was MEO, and... We were so keen for 2020. Everything got canned. Yep. And PAX is like the only thing that's on this year for us. And it's like, we just need it to happen. I, like, just... I need a break. I'm going fucking insane at work, man. Like, I just need to get out somewhere and just do something. Like, we've got so much shit planned for it as well. Um, I love planning for shit, but I'm just so afraid. <laughs> I, I yeah. really don't want this to get canned. Yeah, I think we're all a bit scared for it, honestly. I don't know if we've got enough masks to hand out though at PAX if it does go ahead. I've got 300. So... Oh, that's, that's not enough. That's not enough. We need to fill up the Yarra. We need to fill up the Yarra. We're going to be sitting there at the front of the event with a box of Fury masks charging people five bucks a pop. I wouldn't like, even do that. Free marketing. Anything. Free marketing. Free marketing. And then everyone's just like, fuck, they've started a cult. Ah, shit. Yes. Uh, why does everyone have one of these masks? Why does everyone have one of these? It's like when I was at work and everyone was wearing them. Everyone's like, what the hell's going on here? And I'm just like, fuck if I hope people just want them. Branding, <laughs> free marketing. Tom's wearing a hat right now as well. Get get your merch. Get your I merch. don't know. Get your merch. Um, yeah, I guess that's also a nice way to lead into the COVID situation, AUNZ as well. I think, Pete, like, I don't know if any of you guys have been vaccinated. That doesn't mean, but like, I just feel a lot of people, not saying you guys are some of these people, but I just think some people are just stupid personally. Like there's been people booking appointments and then rocking up, not rocking up because what happens is they prepare the um, vaccines for when the person arrives. And if that person doesn't rock up, they get thrown away. Because they have to be, like, they're inside of, like, a refrigerated area up until you get vaccinated. So there's been anti-vaxxers literally just not rocking up to waste vaccines. I'll take them. I've been waiting. (laughs) Come on. What are they doing? Um, Like, I I was, I believe, because obviously, um, you know, both my parents are healthcare workers, so, you know, they're on the front line kind of dealing with it all. So I was like, oh, yeah, surely I can get a vaccine and I've been, you know, I've been on the waiting list. Uh, and I, I find out it's like a 40 and 40 and above, and I was just like, all right, well, that makes sense. But at the same time, I want the Jap home. You give me the 5G, like, what's going on? Give me superpowers. Oh, damn. You got 5G coverage finally, baby. Let's you got Wi Fi in the garage? Shout out to Vodafone. No. Personally, I wouldn't get any coverage with them whatsoever, but shout out to Vodafone. Um, Not bad. Oh, yeah, I don't know, man. I feel the whole vaccine thing, obviously, I got in early because I'm regional, I've got asthma, I'm a retail worker. Like, literally all of those, I just got both my vaccines in a month, so I'm chilling. Um, but I think it's a struggle as well because I think the Renegades guys going overseas, they didn't get vaccinated, um, from my knowledge at least. I know the PUBG guys that 
we have that want to go overseas at the end of the year for the event, they need to get vaccinated, but they just can't because the government won't let them. Um, mm-hmm. Isn't that um, ironic? Can't they get done you as get to... sporting? I don't think it counts. That's the thing. Because like, you can get a sporting visa. You can get a sporting visa, which I know PUBG can, you know, esports TOs can help with that. But, I, like, I think it's ironic how you look at the stats, right? We're literally the least vaccinated country globally. Like, right now, we're the least out of everyone. America is at the top. They've So I think COVID's never going to disappear. It's literally like the flu, as we've discussed. Um, but people just need to get vaccinated, but they can't because they're making so many specific requirements for it that it's just eliminating everyone else. I, I think it's a load of shit, personally. Because you say get vaccinated, but they fucking can't because you won't let that happen. Like, I, I just don't get it. Well, I'm pretty sure, going back to that anti-vax stuff, I'm pretty sure when you fill out the form, don't you have to put down your name, your address, and your phone number? You do. And it's a legal yeah. document? So, yeah. So from well, Why the fuck aren't I they just fining these people? Fine them. Fine yeah, them, that, my guys. Make it 10 I grand. That I don't know. Which put some of these people in I debt. Wish they, I wish they would, honestly. I, I wish they would find people like that, but... Take a kidney for I don't them. know. I think I think Zen's done... Take a kidney. <laughs> One oh, kidney cool. per client sounds like a plan. Um, yeah, I, think, I think New Zealand. Nah, yeah, covers five people. We're, we're chilling. Mm. Um, I think New Zealand's done well though. Like, obviously they've had like two or three cases, but they're I think they're one of, if not the least, uh, COVID affected countries globally. So I think it's New Zealand, Iceland, China had like a spike at the start when it originally started. Now they've got probably about twenty cases because they spread average. it and then they got rid of it. That's not how it works. Nah, it's a, nah I'm on the side. It the of cure. It's not a compu- it's not a computer nah. virus where it's nah, like it was it just scattered cool. between. Nah, nah. <laughs> this is this is a friggin' what's it called a um conspiracy. Nah, what's right, welcome it? back it's... to the anti vaxxers podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, nah, what's it called? It's like a weapon. It's like what, um, today we're going to talk Germans about five G and how it gives you cancer, bioweapon or something. Yeah, it's a biochemical weapon. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what Trump have done. They've spread it out and then they've kept themselves safe because they were the first zone. They can just oh, evolve from it quicker. That's right. I've, I've gone there. Yeah. yeah. All right. I mean, I think I think that's a good way to finish that topic off. Um, mm. Listen, PAX. I hope it happens. I don't have my hopes up at the moment. I fingers crossed it does. Um, if you're not vaccinated and you can get vaccinated, do it, please. I know. Like, just do it. Don't do it for yourself. Do it for the you know the eighty year old woman down your road. You know, do it like, for Pakistan for people. Do it for do the it boys. For Pakistan, do it for the boys. Do it for Fury. You know, mm. just, just, just think about people. You know, stop being a selfish little fuck and just go and get vaccinated if you can. That's yeah. that's all I'm gonna say on that. But I, I think the last topic we're gonna cover. I think it's kind of cool that we're gonna cover this because mm. I think it was a smart idea that I put into this. Um, AU versus NZ esports and the current infrastructure, which I personally think is a battle between Order and Shadownet now. Order has Dosh, Shadownet has Community. I want to hear your thoughts on this, fellas, because I, I think it's kind of interesting in regards to both the approaches that are happening with this. Yeah, I, I guess uh, we start with Order because uh, recently 
well, I speak recently, in the past, of course, six months or so, they've gotten themselves an office in uh, Melbourne. They're now Melbourne-based with an office, and I think that's pretty cool because they've been co-running a few things. They did the Nova Invitational, of course, for Valorant. They're currently doing the, uh, the Oceanic TFT series, which is really, really sick to see. And that's, I guess, to speak about the infrastructure and, I guess, the investments that Order are getting to pull off some of these events and pull off, like, having a premiere of... Uh, location in Melbourne. Wait, they have an wait. You said they have an office building now. Yeah, they, they have, have an office. office what doesn't Direwolves yeah, have an so... office as well? No, so Direwolves have their office in New Zealand. I think it's in Auckland. Oh, if I'm I not thought mistaken. they had an office space um, in Sydney. So, so the orgs that have office locations, Chiefs doesn't actually have one. Mm. Um, Order has Melbourne. Direwolves, they're AU NZ based. They're primarily NZ in Auckland. Uh, Bliss is up in Brisbane. Um, I think I think it's kind of cool to see how it's been distributed around the place. But I still, I think Order Order has money. Um, not obviously trying to talk shit about the org at all. I love what they're doing at the moment with everything. Mm. Um, but some of the some of the ways they're kind of dipping their toes into certain things, like they're doing little bits and pieces in Valorant, but not as much as we thought they would. Mm. Um, TFT is a bit of a weird one, personally. Um, I think that's been okay from what I can tell. Um, I'm not sure. Obviously, there's some marketing behind it and they probably have an idea of what they want to do with it. But I personally haven't paid too much attention to TFT. I think it's kind of original to doing that. And also that Tony Hawk skating thing. That yeah, that's, that's I'm sick. wondering what the fuck is going on there. But you know what? It works. It works. They're, no they've, bugs. Got, they've got the setup for that going. And I guess on the other side for ShadowNet, right? Like, in New Zealand doing the high school league stuff, teaching kids about esports and you know the pathways you can take in that and doing the university leagues. I think that's good as well. Um did was it a case of insert like those guys doing the campus clutch thing? Yeah, yeah. So they ran uh all of I believe I don't know who it was partnered with, but of course Rebel um did uh, all the qualifiers for uh the New Zealand based teams and uh, there's, there was quite a few teams, I believe, that signed up. They had a whole, like, LAN thing for the New yeah. Zealand finals for, like, you know, Mama's Boys to qualify for then the Oceanic final, uh, which we didn't hear all too much about, which is a little bit interesting, I guess, um, uh, considering, you know, being based in Australia, we didn't hear too much about the Australian-based, uh, Campus Clutch teams, which is a little bit of an interesting one, but yeah, Shadownet, I believe, also, um, you know... Yeah, as you said, running the high school league, doing massive things. Campus Clutch, of course, uh, being massive recently as well. New Zealand, uh, I believe as well, uh, have a governing body for esports. So that's probably why, you know, they're doing so well at the moment. You know, having a LAN, uh, having all the, these like really, really cool incentives for esports as a whole. Yeah, hey, I kind of wish, I wish we had that available to us here, if I got to be mm. real. Um... I don't go to uni personally, and I don't intend on going to uni anytime soon, but I feel um, even with the whole teams, I mentioned this yesterday, Tony, as well. I hate how they're not going off the uni names for the teams yeah. that go overseas. Because I think having the name Mama's Boys or something like that on a LAN event, I think that's a little bit whack, personally. I think, I think it it's pretty cool. Like, I, think, I think it should have been like Team New Zealand. Make it generic, you know? Like, it's literally the first Valorant international event other than the official iceland one 
Mm. Um, we have different teams from different nationalities, and I feel probably either Team NZ or Team Pakistan or even just the uni names. Because, again, the unis are the ones that are helping these players um, get there in the first place as well. So I think it probably would have been a little bit better if they did that as well. Yeah. yeah. Along the names like Swinburne and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, so... it's like Portugal.llt or something. It's like, have you registered like a business name for this shit? Or like, what? Limited incorporations. <laughs> Yo, Maxed we Out though is a sick name. Are you gonna, are you gonna hate on Maxed Out, dude? I'm not gonna uh, hate on it. I just think it would have been a little appropriate to use the union names. But, you know, I, I guess it kind of shows money's not everything. Like, you can have as much money and pump it into a tournament as you want. But I think the whole community aspect the SN guys are doing, I think that's kind of cool. Because you're getting in the heads of so many young kids and getting them involved. And if you really think about it, when those kids grow up and they want to get into it, who are they going to be the first person they talk to? It's going to be Shadownet like, straight mm. away. And that's kind of bringing that. Um, I guess that culture into esports more so than your classic sporting teams as well. Because, you know, Shadownet Warriors, that's how it is. There was Black Sheep in there. I miss they Black Sheep. Bed. So I miss they Black Sheep. Bed. I, I also miss Black Sheep. They're, they're a really nice bunch of guys. But, you mm. know, Warriors against Shadownet, you've got the big sport team that just merged with Team Process and now they're trying to do stuff. I'm not going to touch on that too mm. much, but it's. I think it's kind of cool what Shadownet's doing because Warriors didn't think of doing it, so Shadownet did it instead. And I think Shadownet's benefiting a little bit more than maybe what Order is at the moment because I think they're both trying to take the route of being a TO instead of an esports team, but they have teams underneath them. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how the next like six to twelve months goes with that, especially knowing that you know it's starting to bring up a little bit more you know, in AUNZ as a whole. But I think there needs to be something in AU like that because there's nothing here, which I think is a bit disappointing, personally. Um, I guess uh, to tie it up, you know, we, we spoke a lot about New Zealand. Uh, we've got to talk about uh, domestically, uh, I guess, what uh, what orgs, you know, as we said, order. They've been doing bits with uh, the Tony Hawk thing, which is a little bit interesting. The TFT thing, I think, is really cool. Uh, of course, they've, you know, probably got backing by Riot for that and... Um, it's always good to see Riot getting involved uh, in, of course, the esports scene here in Australia because, you know, it was starting to fall apart for a bit. We saw the, the OPL crumble, um, and I guess <laughs> rest he is... In rest in peace. the OPL, of course. Um, and they, they did... OPL was a really sick program, of course. ESL now taking that over and um, bringing uh, League back to Oceania and, I guess, back to Australia as a whole, bringing some life into that, and... I, I have to say, again, the, the calls to the structure in New Zealand, you know, they've got a little bit more support behind them. You know, they've got a governing body, whereas Australia, we don't have, I guess, that governing support at the moment. No, we don't have anyone backing the smaller sort of TOs, do we? We don't have anyone backing a smaller organisation to run and host these sort of tournaments, which, you know, it sucks. But eventually down the line, yeah, we'll see SL pop up with something maybe that, you know, might be cross-branded with order. Or cross branded mm. with Shadownet, and it might, you know, just boost the whole region in total. Or we're going to be looking like the OPL, we're going to disappear. Mm. Mm. Wow. Awkward I silence, think... boys. Fucking love it. Yeah, awkward, yeah. Si <laughs> awkward silence. Mm. I think I was, I was, I was a deep I think, I think that's a way to, I guess, top things off. Uh, we've been on the mic for around about an hour and 10 minutes, I think. At the moment. So 
it's been a lovely it's been a good conversation you know an hour long is typically what you expect you know especially when we kind of leverage off this and figure out what we're doing but i i think it's a good way to finish things off it's uh it's been a fun time again thank you matt for coming on board i, mm. I, I love hearing you talk shit it's not very often we get to see your glorious face talk a bit of crap um it's always lovely to see you um but one yeah, thing think... joe one thing joe matt before you go oh, can we get a marge yeah. simpson impersonation Mm. Oh fuck's sake! You want Marge Simpson? Marge, Marge Simpson, oh, right now. <laughs> and hey, cop it every Monday and Thursday night. All right, <laughs> challenger. LPL. So you these lovely individuals together. It's a great mm. experience. But yeah, it's it's been a good time. Uh, we've covered a lot of good conversations, and again, we hope to do this hopefully weekly if there's enough stuff going on. A special guest on every week as well. Tony Bones and myself being the key individuals in this little uh i guess podcast, uh, podcast or bringing the heat bringing the heat bringing the heat we're bringing we're the br- heat we're uh, talking a lot for of anybody who's for anybody who's listening to this you can find us pretty well either on the fury youtube channel uh, otherwise on spotify apple music um mm. probably podbean as well when we get to it you know we've got to slowly figure that stuff out but it, it's been a good time uh appreciate everyone taking the time out of their day despite us being tired as hell but you know what it's always lovely to have a discussion uh, about esports as a whole so uh tom fuck you um uh, oh okay he's <laughs> like there's the door see you oh, later i'm out <laughs> our bed is that door. way and the kitchen is oh, that well, way yeah. all right that's, that's how he's it is Matt's got an angry octopus, but I think that's a good way to finish it off. Thank you. Thank you to everyone for listening in today. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you back hopefully next week with some more esports discussions.